I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Commencement, Speeches for the Class of 2020 is a production of iHeartRadio. Class of 2020, parents, faculty, rising graduates, welcome to commencement. You made it. This year is a little different. A difficult time to graduate because the traditional graduation day has been put on hold. So we're bringing it to you wherever you are, because this is still your day, your moment. And now, put your hands together. It's time to be inspired. This year's commencement speaker, the one and only John Legend. Greetings, this is John Legend. Now, you may normally hear my voice on this app when I'm singing a love song. But I'm honored to have the chance to speak to you today, to share in this special moment. Congratulations to our class of 2020, our high school graduates, our college graduates, wherever you're graduating from. Now, years ago, when you realized you would be graduating in 2020, you were probably like, wow, that's going to sound cool forever. The class of 2020. A nice round number with a certain symmetry to it. A number which suggested that your vision was perfect. What a fantastic class to be a part of. What could possibly go wrong? 
of course. Your final semester did take quite an unpredictable turn. My goodness, I can only imagine how disappointing the loss of the physical experience of your final semester, the physical experience of graduating with your friends, may be for some of you, and for your loved ones who are proud of your accomplishments. What we often remember most from our graduations aren't the pieces of paper we receive, but the hugs, the smiles, the physical connection with our classmates. I hope that even though today may not be what you dreamed of or what we planned for, that you still feel pride in the culmination of the work that got you to this point. It's my hope that years from now, when we look back on this unprecedented time, that we remember not the moments we lost, but the way we rose up together to imagine a better future in which we defined ourselves by love, hope, resilience, and a spirit of community. I hope we remember the ways in which we supported one another, how we made personal sacrifices for the greater benefit of all, how in these trying times, we came to truly understand our own potential and the strength of the bonds that tie us to one another. The reason I'm here The reason I've had such a wonderful journey in my life thus far is that I've found love. Yes, love. We were all made to love, and I've found that we live our best lives. We are at our most successful, not simply because we're smarter than everyone else, or because we hustle harder, not because we become millionaires more quickly. The key to success, the key to happiness, is opening your mind and your heart to love. Spending your time doing things you love with people you love. I believe that during uncertain and trying times, we must lean on love to show us our clearest path forward. And that when you trust what your heart is telling you, love will be your North Star. For me, I found love in music. Growing up in Ohio, music was always at the heart of our family. My parents cherished music and they encouraged our creativity at every step. I begged to take piano lessons when I was four. I started singing in the church choir and in school plays by the time I was seven. I fell in love with music at a very young age. My maternal grandmother was our church organist, and on Sundays after church, I would go to her house just to hang out with her. She would teach me how to play gospel piano. She was one of my favorite people on the planet. She passed away at only 58 years old, though, when I was 10. And her death devastated my family. My world was shattered. The pain of losing her drove my parents apart. And I was confused and disoriented. After the initial shock of my family breaking apart, my outward response wasn't very emotional. I coped by being stoic and seemingly unaffected. I thought if I just soldiered on and didn't expose myself to any more pain and vulnerability, I could never get hurt. I did let myself love music deeply and without reservation, though, pouring every ounce of my passion into it. I spent so much of my spare time working on it that I barely got any sleep. At night, I was doing community choir, show choir, and musicals in high school, a cappella and a church choir in college. I wrote my own songs, played in talent shows. I put a lot of energy into becoming a better artist, a better writer, a better performer. And in some ways, it made me a better student and a better leader. Because when you actually care about something, you want to lead. Apathy's not so cool anymore. When I graduated from college, I took a detour. It was the path a lot of my Penn classmates were taking. 
I accepted a role with Boston Consulting Group. Yeah. I spent my days preparing financial models and PowerPoint presentations, but just as much time at night writing songs and performing around New York and Philadelphia. I couldn't forget my love for music. I always believed that my big break would come sooner rather than later. In fact, from 1998, while I was still in college, to early 2004, I spent each of those years always thinking that I would get that big record deal within the next few months. I always thought my moment was just around the corner. But I was rejected by all the major labels. Some of them rejected me multiple times. I played for all the giants of the business. Clive Davis, L.A. Reid, Jimmy Iovine, you name it. And all of them turned me down. But I did find a young producer from Chicago named Kanye West who believed in me. Kanye happened to be the cousin of my classmate, roommate, and good friend, Devon Harris. Devon introduced me to Kanye in 2001, and we started working together not long after that. Our collaboration has been a huge part of my career, and it had a lot to do with me finally getting a major recording contract in 2004. It even led to me meeting the photographer that introduced me to my future wife, which led me to where I am now, with two kids knocking on the dining room door, waiting for Daddy to finish his speech. When I look back, ultimately, the most defining moments in my life were those that resulted from things that didn't go exactly according to plan. I learned about perseverance and the significance of trusting your heart, even in the face of rejection, the importance of a bit of good luck, but also being prepared to take advantage of luck when it comes your way. You probably feel pretty unlucky to graduate, to enter the job market right now during these uncertain and daunting weeks and months. I don't blame you. This is uncharted territory. But this is precisely the time when we need to be strong, to be imaginative, to push through our fears and get to work. I have the honor and the responsibility of addressing you during a time that is open-ended, a time that provides endless possibilities for us to reimagine the world in which we live. History has shown us that we are most capable of making dramatic changes to repair our country after crises from the Great Depression to the most recent financial crisis. This is our opportunity to respond to something tragic in a way that showcases our unity and our belief that a recovery can be more than a recovery, but a rebirth, a renaissance where the new normal is better than the normal we left behind. We can raise our voices together to create something we are proud of. We can do that if we lead with love. Love can change the world. There are 7 billion other people out there, 7 billion strangers. I want you to consider what it means to love them too. What does it mean to love people we don't know? To see the value in every single person's life, valuing every hospital worker from the doctors to the cleaning crew, valuing every worker that we now see as essential, but maybe overlooked and underpaid before, honoring every life lost to this horrible virus, whether they're in China, Iran, or around the corner whether you know them or not. If you're committed to loving in public, it requires you to opening your eyes to injustice, to see the world through the eyes of another. This is not a passive activity. You have to read. You have to travel to other neighborhoods, other parts of the world. You may have to get your hands dirty. You have to allow people to love you, and you have to love them back. So what's going to stop you? What's going to stand in your way? What's going to keep you from achieving your success? What will prevent you from going all in on love? We're taught when we're young that the opposite of love is hate, but it's not. Hate is a byproduct. Hate is a result. 
Being a hater isn't cool. Nobody wants that. But hate comes from another thing, fear. And fear is the opposite of love. It's not a coincidence that when we talk about bigotry, we often talk in terms of fear. Homophobia, xenophobia, Islamophobia. Fear is what blinds us. Fear is corrosive. Fear makes us hold back. It whispers to us, tells us that we'll fail, tells us that our differences are too much to overcome. Fear locks us in place. It starts fights. It causes wars. And fear keeps us from loving. Even though we're made to love, we're often afraid to love. We're afraid of being hurt deeply, afraid of feeling the pain I went through when my parents divorced. But you're never going to really love something or someone unless you put those fears aside. Don't hold back. Being in love means being ready to give freely and openly and being ready to risk something, risking pain and disappointment, conquering your fears and becoming anew. Love is all-consuming. It infiltrates your body. It's what allows you to experience bliss, joy, and true friendship. You'll be more disappointed when something goes wrong. You might fall harder. But the only way you'll reach any height in life and in love is by taking the chance that you might fall. You have to give your all. So as you navigate through this difficult, scary time, I ask that you remember to focus on a true North Star in all of our lives. Love. I ask you to love fully and wholly, be it the work you do, the people you give your time to, the places you go. Let yourself love. We can come together to figure out how to best respond in a time of crisis. Through love, compassion, empathy, creativity, activism, the conscious decision to rebuild a more loving community, a society where we all can flourish. To the class of 2020, I'm proud of you. I hope you use your gifts to create a better world. Thank you for listening to me. Congratulations. I'm so glad I could be a part of your special day. Take care. You can find a collection of incredible commencement addresses from all your favorite speakers at the Commencement Podcast on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.